Hey listeners, Joel here. Just wanted to pop in before the episode proper starts to warn you that we had a sound issue with my microphone, and it pretty much goes through the whole episode. Now, if this was just a normal episode, I would have probably just scrapped the whole thing, called it a wash, but we had Josh Hollis from the Predictacast come up out from out of town, and, you know, it's a pretty entertaining episode, so I didn't want to throw it away. Please give it a chance, and I promise in future recordings, to prevent this from happening. Possibly by just turning off my mic and showing how I feel through sign language or interpretive dance. Either way, uh, don't expect this particular problem to happen again in the future. Enjoy the show! Hello and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer one movie at a time. My name is Joel. My name is Sarah. My name is Aaron. My name is Josh. this week is Fateful Findings from 2013. That's what it says on IMDb, but the other thing said 2012. Anyways, it's a mystery. <laughs> Directed by Neil Breen. Written by Neil Breen. Starring Neil Breen. Food by Neil Breen. <laughs> yeah. Sound design by Neil Breen. Effects by Neil Breen. Um, editing. editing? Oh yeah, he, he at least did half of the Half of the editing. That's right. <laughs> he probably got halfway through and went, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> also starring Clara Lindrat, Jennifer Autry, David Silva as John. Or John. So, Josh, how's it going? It's going well. Tell us about your podcast again, uh, even though, because like, the Soda episode is going to come out a couple of things later again. Let's tell us about yourself, please. Uh, my name's Josh. I have a podcast called PredictoCast. My co-host and I, we take a film that we don't know anything about, and we watch the first 10 minutes, and then we try to predict what happens in the rest of the movie. Uh, and then we come back after we've watched the rest of it and see how accurate our predictions were. Uh, it's a lot of fun. We're... Uh, we've we've only recently started, so there's a small backlog. You can easily catch up. Uh, but yeah, come listen; it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I recommend you do catch up. Now, now that we know what his podcast is about, Sarah, Aaron, yeah. If you only saw ten minutes of this movie, <laughs> <laughs> how close do you think you would been to predicting what was going to happen? If only ten minutes. That means you would probably it would it would end with him making out with his wife in the shower. In the shower, yeah. So no, I would no. I have no idea. I mean, my <laughs> prediction would be I don't know. Maybe no. 
No, I have none. <laughs> I have none, Joel. I think that's about how much I watched of this like a year ago or something when we when we were talking about it. Yeah. And I would have imagined a very different movie <laughs> than this one. I guess I thought that the magic part was going to play a bigger oh, yeah. storyline yeah. in the movie. I didn't know there were going to be so many um, <laughs> interpersonal relationship <laughs> conflicts or, um, you know... Um, relationship drama, man. Yeah, relationship drama, business drama. Sexuality. Um, yeah. I didn't know it was going to be a steamy movie. <laughs> I mean, this is this is a movie with like six or seven different storylines happening. And I think each one of them could be its own movie if a better director slash writer slash lead actor were involved. <laughs> like he maybe could have taken each one of those pieces and turned Fully it into its own it film. Into something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like Mulholland Drive. He intended it to be a you know a TV show that's going on for seasons, and he unfortunately had to cut it down to this movie. That's why you only see Robert Forrester at the beginning of the movie. Mulholland Drive, not this one. Uh, <laughs> oh, that would be something. <laughs> Maybe I could write a movie. I'm, I'm feeling better about Whoa. that idea. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Neil Green. I'm sorry. Do I do I need to? Be be more polite. No, I don't think. I think that's totally fine. <laughs> I, maybe um, that's the purpose. It was to inspire us all. I think so. I apologize. Oh, I I no. uh, had many criticisms of this movie. <laughs> Not sure you need to apologize. Uh, the man obviously is successful enough to have made more than one movie. I mm. mean, they, like you think of in context of Tommy Wiseau. Wizo, Wizo, yeah, Wizo, Wizo, Wizo. He <laughs> is like at least a hundreds of thousands an error, right? You know, like a, not a millionaire, maybe, but, but he's made lots of money from this the the bad the one bad movie that he made at this point. Yeah, at least according to Greg's Sinestro. Sinestro, yeah, Greg has his own Sinestro. Yeah, he's the Yellow Lantern. Uh, <laughs> that makes Tommy Wiseau the Green Lantern, you know. Yes, <laughs> uh, I, I, I would watch that movie. <laughs> I would watch that Green Lantern movie, guys. That would be amazing. I'm, I'm just trying to imagine what he would like say to saying the the, the uh, like, in brightest day in blackest. Well, yo, you know he gets the, he gets that stuff wrong. So it'd be like in a good day <laughs> at the end of the night. <laughs> Evil better watch out. I've got a light. <laughs> no, but then it'd be more like, like I've got a light. Yeah. I don't know, something, you know. A little more catish or, you know. I don't know. We're not talking about him. We're talking about Neil oh, Green. Right. Who at least is, <laughs> he has the excuse, he doesn't have the excuse of not being from this country. And not having English as a first language. I'm not sure if he feels like he needs to excuse himself. Is that? No, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, every everything, uh, I guess some some backstory for listeners. I, uh, uh, Tommy Wiseau and Neil Breen were the basis of my master's thesis. So I had to do oh, a lot of research on them. And from like all the interviews that I've read with him and and things that I've seen podcasts I listen to with Neil Breen, he seems to 
be sort of this weird example of kind of riding the line of sort of understanding that he doesn't have the largest budgets and he doesn't have the most polished actors. And so he understands that his movies are not the best thing ever, but he also doesn't own up to the fact that maybe they're not good for story reasons or directing reasons <laughs> or, like acting. He ne- or acting reasons on his part. He never seems to lay that blame at his feet. He kind of lays it at other people's feet or budgetary things Budget. or whatever. And so I don't know. He's sort of this weird. He kind of has it both ways. Like he's sort of delusional in that he's perfect and everything that he does is great. Yeah. But he's also realistic in that eh, I'm not the you know, most polished filmmaker. I never went to film school and I'm not Scorsese. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's an interesting dude, but he does have like four times as much output as Tommy was. So I mean, yeah. he's made four movies and is working on his fifth. Yeah. And which is kind of crazy. So, have you, I mean, sorry to go back to it. So, but have you seen the, house, the, the, the blood or excuse me, the house that drips blood on Alex? I have. Yeah. Yes. That's pretty good. Yes. <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> Uh, we need a, we need one of the we need Neil Breen to do something like that the yeah. sequel. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree any more with you, man. Oh, that's exciting. Uh-huh. He's already making a, dr- a dark thriller. Right? Yeah, yeah uh, so. I guess so. All right. Well, I'll, I'll probably see that then. All right. The garage that dripped blood on Alan. Laura, that's just a line. That's so good. I mean, do you think that this movie was written? based off of any opinions or experience that he has personally in his own life or do you think like probably yeah that's, I, that's yeah. how i felt yeah i felt there were some plot points too that seemed like uh he was working some some stuff out there yeah on the uh yeah i feel i feel like the whole like government thing <laughs> is is obviously something he believes in pretty strongly <laughs> yeah the fact that he believes the government is corrupt and that politicians are corrupt and corporations are corrupt and they're uh, out to hurt people that feels like a, a really strongly held belief that he has and i know this because it comes up in every movie <laughs> <laughs> he's I, just trying to expose i honestly think the best moment of acting for him was the moment where he was on the phone telling them that he didn't have to sign the contract, like that he didn't have the book deal with them. That felt pretty and, real. And it felt real, like something maybe he could have argued about not having an obligation or a contract with somebody before, like in his life, whatever else. But Well, he's an architect. You're right. For what I understand, he's an architect <laughs> in Las Vegas. He also did real estate for a while. Okay. So that, just take no out deal. book. Take yeah. out book and put in like, architectural plans yeah, or this right, house right. and like you I have kind it, of, it's the same conversation i kind of was supposing that to myself <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i did feel it felt genuine though sarah yeah. you are so right on that like <laughs> like the way he was shouting over the phone this was like this was life this was definitely coming from you know it was coming I, from somewhere i thought the part where he Put the spinach plate on the thing. I felt <laughs> genuine because that it, that genuine. it seems kind of like a, yeah, it seems kind of senile. Well, I mean, so. we, were, we were talking about that, but that is the that is the one. That's like the one moment in the movie that he seems to want it to be a joke, and it it is funny, but it's not for the reasons that I think he thinks it's funny for. Right. Like this movie's very funny, but I don't think any of it is intentional <laughs> except for that one scene. Right. The moment where I couldn't decide whether or not he wanted something to happen 
was when he when is when he was like falling unconscious next to his laptop and he was holding his coffee cup and he was like <laughs> I felt like he he took a moment he was like do I really want to spill this on myself <laughs> like, like it almost like feels like like you you the viewer just like trying to see if he like do I do this do I not do this I don't know if it's too high it might still be hot I don't know yeah <laughs> like it, bro- it broke the um. <laughs> character for you because you were thinking about him as a person yeah. instead of him as the character. Yeah. 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 I can see that. I'm sorry. It took <laughs> out. It's okay. It's okay. So here's the plot of Fateful Fine. <laughs> oh, Good boy. luck with that. <laughs> oh, Alright, Joel's got, got this. Alright, tell us, All Joel. Right. Two little nerds are in the forest and they find a, a box underneath a mushroom that magically disappears and there's a block in there. So it's little pieces of bracelets and they pick up those bracelets and then 20,000 years later, Neil Breen's on the phone with his wife. I'm not sure, but he gets hit by a car. A bunch of people stand around and go, Wah! and then he gets taken to the hospital where the doctor tells him, oh, he's, he's going to die. He's got the, he's got the terminal butt stuff uh and then he uh the neuromancer comes in and she she's like oh yeah he's really weak but hey she's wearing that bracelet that we saw the little kid wearing so ooh, but don't worry about that that doesn't come back in for 45 minutes um then guess what he walks out of the hospital he's fine he's got bandages on his head gets in that shower washes off the 16 he pounds is, of he blood. He's bleeding a lot. Oh, he's bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. head wounds tend to do that. But <laughs> this whole time he's been holding on to this black ice cube thing, that, you know, <laughs> unfinished die. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, um, okay, so. That's what you find inside of a mushroom, Joe. I, that's, oh, that's what Mario's carrying around this whole time. Yeah. Right? He's Super Mario, he's got the thing. Yeah. 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 I have a question. Yes, sure. Oh, I, I haven't have even, many yeah. questions. Go ahead. Okay. You're okay. like maybe right now 10 minutes into the movie. <laughs> yep, yep. We're, that's, that's where we hit the thing. Yeah. And then we see that he's been writing books. By the way, we're not going to talk about the injury again. Didn't really happen. <laughs> we just, you know, remember that there was a lady there, the neuromancer. Uh, she, he's writing these books, but he's not really writing books. He's actually hacking the government. But he also <laughs> book that he tried to write. He's not actually writing this book. His wife has problems with pills. It's his pills. He tries to throw the pills in the toilet, but she puts fishes <laughs> them out. That's how much of an addict is. He also has a neighbor named Joe who's an alcoholic. Every time we see him, he's drunk off his ass, and his wife is like, <laughs> because I think Neil Breen has a problem with women. But I'm not sure. And they have a teenage daughter who's somebody's stepdaughter. Her stepdaughter. Oh, it's her stepdaughter. stepdaughter. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, uh... Okay, so we're already losing here because Neil Neil goes into every once in a while he's going back to the office, he's typing on a thing, he goes into a black room, a you know, room covered with trash bags where he's completely <laughs> butt naked. And uh sometimes there's a book in there, sometimes there's another naked woman in there. But you know, it's it's all symbolism for a place where stuff is. <laughs> and he's just he can't get control of his life he's going to see his therapist who's obviously uh, the symbolism is that the therapist is on the other side of the room of a huge conference room because that's not the kind of therapist it's not how therapy works <laughs> they have a barbecue <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they, have, they have dinner first oh that's right they have a nice friendly dinner yeah, his neighbors are always fighting, and Joe apparently is his best friend, who also loves his car and is always polishing one <laughs> it's mirror. A Ferrari, it's a Ferrari, right? It is Ferrari. a it's a sweet Ferrari, which is why 
He needs to polish that mirror. Sweet Ferrari. Sweet Ferrari. <laughs> That's why we looked at it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, at the dinner, we, we, you know, get more emphasis that Joe is a drunkard. We find out that his uh, daughter is just about to graduate from school. Uh, we don't know a which school, school, but I do think mm-hmm. that's to indicate that, don't worry, she's not that young, guys. Because <laughs> later, Neil catches her swimming in his pool naked, and she and then when she doesn't successfully seduce him from afar that way, she tries to take a bath almost immediately, and Neil sets her straight by saying, no, <laughs> don't do this. <laughs> No, Aaron. And in that moment, she she looks in directly into the camera. <laughs> she does! At all of us. She gets right into our souls. Yeah, we all heard a trombone, even though the soundtrack did not have a trombone sound. Um, by the way, every every once in a while, we get these shots of somebody wearing black pants and, uh, and very shiny black shoes walking through hallways. There's a point where he walks up to the front door of, of uh, Dylan's house, that, that's Neil Green's character. Dylan, yeah. And he just kind of phases away and then phases in on the other side of the door. Do we ever find out what this is? No. Um, <laughs> yes. Okay, so... Uh well, oh my man these threads well, these same threads. thing with the Mark, lady yeah. the lady that hit him at the very beginning of the movie she doesn't uh, she does not return well she didn't fade away though right no. or, or you just mean that's like a thing we did it's, it's people seem to want to possess the thing he has in fact he even talks about people have always wanted to use me <laughs> my power <laughs> <laughs> Professor X. <laughs> Okay, so you're saying the lady at the beginning of the movie is just one of these people. Yeah, I, think, I feel okay, like that's it fine. is. I feel that's like fine. there's a thing going on. Right, right. The first therapist, too. I think. Yes. I can help you. These pills. <laughs> Aaron. He's a pusher. He's <laughs> yeah, a pill definitely. pusher. <laughs> I'm not taking those pills anymore. I'm surprised that wasn't part of the the speech at the end. Oh, the, the doctors that push pills on everyone, oh, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> Probably is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we could all just stop taking pills, stop drinking coffee, and eat spinach, <laughs> we'd all be better. Coffee's just meant for your table. That's right. You pour it right under your table. Pour it, it onto your face. On your pores. <laughs> ah, coffee. Coffee face. At this point, uh, Joe and his, his lovely wife, his lovely wife has had enough. She decides to shoot Joe in the head because he's just... Uh, an alcoholic, I guess. That's the reason why. He only cares about that Ferrari. That's true. Yeah, it's pretty he, sweet. He though. keeps hassling her for sex. Yes. She's not interested. Yeah. Like her a back woman. is killing her. <laughs> her back is killing the, her. She's having a really hard time at the office. The yeah. bank. At the bank. At the she bank. works at the bank, She too. works at the bank. The bank. <laughs> yeah. There's only one. Mm-hmm. Where does this girlfriendish thingy work? Oh, I think she works at the bank too. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Work at the bank. Do they oh, all work at they're the friends. bank? Yeah. I think, yeah, they're, they were miserable at that bank, so it's no wonder that the bank was part of the problem. It was pro- <laughs> it's probably the same bank that Tommy yeah. Soe works in. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. Oh, she gave him ideas, and they got <laughs> money from those ideas, and he was supposed to get a raise or something. <laughs> Joey's wife didn't like anybody. Or, no, no, yeah. no, sorry. It was. Uh, it was uh, Dylan's wife. She bought Joe. Didn't like anybody. A new any red of her dress. coworkers. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then and then her mom shows up and is like, "I went to the doctor. It's definitely cancer." <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we just got to talk about the room from now on. <laughs> it's, it's, I can't help it. I've only seen that movie once, but it's actually it was not twice. That's right. Have you, have you played the video game? game? Yeah, it's great. And did you find all like the hidden things? No, I, I didn't go that far. Did you find the first hidden thing? Wait, no. getting off topic. Sorry. I would play a Fateful Findings video game. I, I should, would do. I should make a text adventure Fateful Findings game. That would be the most impenetrable <laughs> game. Because you'd have to say everything twice in order <laughs> like, for it to like actually do, work. Do, That's right. right. You would have to type everything that would twice. Be, you'd have to command it twice. <laughs> <laughs> you are in your office. Go north. You are at the <laughs> the uh, psychiatrist office. <laughs> Go south. <laughs> you are in your psychiatrist office. You are at the pool. <laughs> yes. Suddenly, black room. Uh, yes. So, yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah, black rooms. Oh, yeah, you're still in black room. There's only trash bags on the wall. <laughs> yep. And you're naked. So <laughs> naked. It's like a bad dream. Yeah, so Joe gets shot. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Neil Neil's very sad about it. Hey man, oh, she wait. had it with him drinking with the thing that he truly loved though, which was that Ferrari. She made it look like a suicide. I know. She she picked <laughs> up the gun and the shell, which actually picking up the shell is pretty good thinking. Foresight, it yeah. is. And, and put it right next to the body because yeah. that's what happens. When somebody kills themselves, the gun immediately <laughs> lies lands down. right next to them, right? <laughs> 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 The casing's right there. <laughs> <laughs> Shot her right in front of his daughter. There's <sighs> just so much violence in this world. You're not. It's going to take forever. No, I've already given up <laughs> on trying to explain any further. Let's talk about the magic. Let's let's just take this part apart here. It's a magical day, right? <laughs> oh, totally. Yes. And there's a forest and a very special mushroom that you can unlock its secrets as long as you treat it like your Vanna White. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think this movie would have made a whole lot more sense if the kids had eaten from that mushroom and then yeah. we just chalk up the rest of the movie to like some crazed trip that they were on. Yeah. 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 And then at the end, they wake up and they realize it's all been a dream. Yeah. Like they can see like the potentialness of where their life could uh-huh. lead them. I like that even better. They see yeah. the future. Yeah. yeah. And they can make decisions in order to make <laughs> make their lives the not go that way. That's what that, that guy in the black pants and the black suit was Neil Breen seeing this version of himself. That's oh. right. Phasing through the thing and, and, and seeing these, you know, like. That's a. That's a- I think my level be, I could have been a contender. <laughs> I think well, I think the like the the black pants and the, the black shoes, who whoever that is, I think it's supposed to be it's supposed to be Dylan, but a different version of Dylan because that's what he's wearing when he gets hit by the car. Oh. And so I'm thinking that like when he's hit by the car, it unlocks something and it sends him into different points in time in the future. It's like a flash. Yeah. And he sees things, and then when he comes back, when he's like taken to the hospital, he's back inside his body, and he knows all of this stuff. That explains the mixed-up continuity of all the shots, because he's experiencing time 
all at one point while he's seeing this vision. And so scenes seem that don't seem like they fit in. You know, like they're disjointed. Yeah. But it's because he's disoriented and he's in a coma. Still. Right. Right. And he's like, which is why he ends up back in his office after all these really deep personal things happen to him. Yeah. And after his wife dies and he's already, you know, hung out with uh, what's her name or is no way he went and rescued her after yeah. she was kidnapped. Yeah. Important. Uh, that's why he suddenly sees himself talking to the teenage girl again. Yep. Because he's like, I was sure that was going to end up with something. Like, I I thought that he kept encountering that teenage girl and that his true love was going to see him with her and that he was going to have to explain that that women just throw themselves at him and that that it's not his fault. Animal magnetism. (laughs) It was the most Tenchi Muyo thing I've ever experienced outside of anime in a while. What are you talking about? Like the harem animes, you know? Like the idea that like, you know, all these ladies are all over me. I was surprised the neighbor lady wasn't like, I'm tired of Joe. (laughs) Give Neil enough time and that could have been another plot. You know what I thought initially was going to happen? I thought that the neighbor and his wife were going to end up having an affair. Oh. Because his wife was, like, really unreliable and, like, kind of an addict. And the other guy was, like, kind of an asshole and kind of an addict. Well, he I, does, and he does blatantly hit on her. In the yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. Which comes out of nowhere and is a little strange and causes him to knock all the food off onto the ground. Just those <laughs> corn cops. <laughs> This corn cops never had a chance. Dirty, dirty corn. You <laughs> have so many drinks and food. It's embarrassing in front of that uh, neurosurgeon and her fiance. You know, this corn's just everywhere. <laughs> yeah, this is a movie of spilled beverages and knocked over food, <laughs> salads. Yeah, I mean that is true. Like how there's like three or four different drinks get spilled. Uh, three or four different plates of food get knocked over. Like, mm-hmm. The pacing and the cues on that, too, is just so... I like it's, it's uncanny. It's like... just you, like There's a lot of thought put into, like, okay, maybe now. No. Now. Yeah, yeah, that one. I liked the fight the neighbors had where they both threw something at each other. Yeah. That was it. That's the, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yep. Mm-hmm. Led to his death. She went to that secret place where I guess it was Joe's gun that he hides under the mattress. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like well, her side of the bed. Oh, it was okay. So it was her. It was her, her <laughs> special bank gun. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. All the tellers have it. <laughs> Duh. I like to make a withdrawal. So would I. <laughs> Vegas, man, it's rough. I like that part. Um, Going back to the barbecue, where everyone is sitting, like, at an angle so you can all fit into the shot. And they're all eating and drinking. And they get a close-up of, uh, I think it's the neighbor lady who is, or maybe it's the neurosurgeon, who's eating a piece of chicken like she's never had one before. She, like, <laughs> takes a very tentative bite. You know, it's, uh, I don't There's also that moment in that same shot when... Uh, when Dylan's oh, wife or girlfriend, whoever she is, remember, oh, quite yes. clear of their, their relationship. Clear. Um, She's got that skeptical She look. has like, yeah, she has a scowl on her face and she, because she can see the looks that Dylan and, uh, and the neurosurgeon woman, whose name I cannot remember, <laughs> Leah, Leah. Um, 
when they're looking at each other, they're making eyes at each other throughout this entire party. Once they realize <laughs> who who each other is, and she has she has this horrible scowl on her face, and then Leah also gives her like a really mean look back. <laughs> it's the most active Leah. Does. Yeah, it's great. Well, I mean, it, it's established in the movie at this point that he has not cheated on her. Or you know, yeah. that Neil's character has not, and then suddenly this woman comes out of nowhere, and 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 it's like all of her worst fears are like suddenly like solidified. You're like, <laughs> no, there was someone, but yeah, you know, he doesn't really seem to feel that guilty about it. Um, that was one thing I was saying is that you know you get the in you get the impression that he's got a lot of moral fiber, and he does what <laughs> oh, he thinks he, is the right. That's right. Thing. That's right. And um. <laughs> You know, he goes out of his way to say things that he say things out loud about what is right <laughs> and what is wrong. But um, he didn't seem to feel guilty at all about hooking up with his, uh, <laughs> his friend. childhood girlfriend yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I haven't seen her yeah. since I was nine. He didn't hook up with her until he was sure his wife was going to be committing suicide. Oh! <laughs> yeah, that happens simultaneously. Their first hookup, <laughs> and also his wife committing suicide. That's the way it works. Yeah, well, we didn't... <laughs> he didn't mention how they know that they're the, the same kids from childhood. It's because she has that notebook that apparently she's been carrying around with her every yeah. day for the last 30 years. It wasn't even the bracelet because she's definitely wearing the bracelet that they both had, although he doesn't have it. Yeah. But she writes in her, her little notebook at the beginning of the movie when they find this magical mushroom that it's a magical day and it's not like a note. She just covers the entire page. The page in it. Says I mean, and isn't that how you diary? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dear diary. Next page. Uh, <laughs> And then at the end of the pool party, she has this giant notebook shoved into her jean pocket like no normal person. <laughs> and as she's pulling a pho- her phone out, the notebook falls on the ground and opens perfectly to that page. Like she's never used the notebook <laughs> no, for anything no. else either. And, the, and, yeah. and Neil's character, Dylan, he's like, oh, it's you, isn't it? I knew it. <laughs> and she's like, uh, it's me. <laughs> you... <laughs> Don't you recognize me? <laughs> and immediately they're in love again, like holding hands very covertly. <laughs> it's really weird. The, ke- the chemistry stuff was really kind of hard to take. Oh, it, it, it was it was screaming off the screen. There it was just. I mean, there were a lot of ladies interested in him, but every time it came down to it, where something was going to happen between him and a woman, it felt it felt pretty hard, awkward to watch. They're the most chaste kisses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Definitely, the I'm getting paid for this kiss. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> turn, turn my face away just a little bit. <laughs> Contra- contractually, three more times in the shot, <laughs> then we're done. <laughs> it's- this is, this is the scene where I kiss you. Don't worry, I've been practicing on this glass bowl. <laughs> if I if I angle my face just so, it still looks like I'm in profile to the camera, but he only has to kiss the side of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of sound, I know. <laughs> Whistling. <laughs> yeah, I can't do it. Yeah. Oh, jeez, guys. So, yeah. It's Did you find out any uh, anything really crazy in your research of uh, writing about this movie? <laughs> Not really. I mean, I think that uh, for for those who haven't seen any of his other movies, they 
kind of hit the same sort of beats and plot points, uh, you know, corrupt governments and whatnot. And he is in all of them, you know, the only figure who can save the day and, and protect humanity. Um, oh, thank of God course. he's there. Of course. <laughs> you know? Yeah, of course. Wow. But yeah, I, I mean, nothing, yeah, nothing like revelatory. It, it, he's just a <laughs> random dude who wanted to make movies and he did it somehow. Oh, beautiful. Um, yeah, that is the amazing poster. So funny story about that. So I, I saw this movie, Faithful Findings, on a on a midnight screening. And oh, how cool! Yeah, I was I was super excited and saw it, loved it. Ended up making like a fan poster and and tweeted it at him, mm. and he ended up liking it and wanted a copy. So I sent him a copy of my fan poster. You corresponded with this. I man. did because That's amazing. Well, because he he came to um, L.A. last year and did a screening of his fourth movie. And I went to that and met him. And I was like, hey, I we've talked on Twitter. I sent you a poster. And he's like, oh, yeah, I remember it's hanging in my house. And then he just gushed about his new movie and how I would love it because it was very different. And it was exactly the same. <laughs> I mean, it, it, his movies are it's weird because his first film and Faithful Findings have a lot in common. They're both about hackers and stuff. And then his second and fourth film have a lot in common. They're both about otherworldly beings that are help trying to help humanity. So he goes in this weird cycle. So I'm curious what the fifth movie is going to be. And <laughs> interesting, like, interesting. If it's going to look exactly like Fateful Findings, but um, that makes me happy. You got to meet him. Though. Oh, that That's makes me awesome, super man. happy. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. He, I mean, it was it was a cool experience because he was just being mobbed by people who were all there to see. His movie, they knew who he was, and like they gave him uh, a standing ovation at the end mm, of the film. Yeah, and, like, yeah. I mean, when the first time he shows up on screen and in pass through, just people erupted in applause. Like, I mean, it's nice. it was an awesome experience to see it with people who got it. I yeah. guess, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if this was at Con, they you know they'd be booing him. <laughs> That's just, just my feeling about. It. I'm not sure. I don't know. They got weird taste over there. They wouldn't. They wouldn't clap like all the reporters at the end of this movie. Nope. Did. Well, okay. Now, now <laughs> I'm changing my mind because it's got that message. You know, and that's what they like over there. They like that message. <laughs> um, let's talk about vaping. <laughs> There's a lot uh, of ankle vaping in this. Uh, yeah, movie, right? yeah. There's a mysterious vape monster. Yeah, who appears in a field, and he also occasionally comes through windows. Yeah, and he was on that lady's shoe, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Her, <laughs> oh, it yeah. came up to him when he was in his coma too. Oh, the vape monster was Didn't there. It? I can't remember. It comes up to different things. I remember the window was open for some reason. <laughs> his coma patient needs some fresh air. <laughs> <laughs> Helps with the process, Joel. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was an observation Aaron made, and uh, let me let me tell you, uh, listeners, I I'm kind of hard to get to to laugh sometimes, but man, you just you bastard, you're welcome. Joel. You hit you're me right in my freaking funny bone. You're welcome. You're welcome. And then I could glad I'm here for that. It's yeah. like it's like when you 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 can't look away from an accident. It's just. <laughs> 
that vape monster. Yeah, I'm just glad you saw my way, man. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. As, you know, the, when this movie was like uh, hot on everybody's lips, you know, when the, the Flophouse covered it and stuff like that, I, I feel like vaping hadn't yet reached its uh, <laughs> its uh, pinnacle, you know, oh, yeah. when it was on people's bumper stickers, for God's sake. So now, <laughs> now it's like I could throw that joke out there. Uh, yeah. Truth. Truth right there. Vape monster. Yep. <sighs> Should we talk about the ending? What did it end? Isn't it still going on? And I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, his his speech obviously at the end is very powerful in that it causes six people to commit suicide mm. right then. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, someone either, waited to go home right then or immediately thereafter. Yeah, like, pretty immediate yeah. though. Yeah. Those guys shot themselves. I'm going to wait and fashion an, uh, a noose. <laughs> right. This was, yeah, I, I. It's um, more dignified. It was a massacre. Steak knife in the bathtub. <laughs> it was mass suicide. <laughs> and that one guy who was, uh, I guess, going to assassinate Neil just got shot by, by someone. The, someone by the vape him. monster, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would have made more sense. Yeah. If, yeah, if that that weird cloud came out of nowhere, filtered yeah. over him, and then he had fallen yeah. over dead. Instead, Neil. It happens. Neil just kind of looks over, like. Uh, whatever. My favorite uh, part of that whole like suicide <laughs> montage was the fact that it just kept cutting back to Neil grinning as oh, everyone took their lives. Yeah. He was really happy. But they were the bad guys. Yes, so it's, it's totally all fine. <laughs> this is exactly what I wanted. <laughs> Pretty much. What led up to that? Because the last thing I remember, and I don't know if I looked away from the screen for a second, was he was leaving that really long message for Leah. Like, we went I to left. The, we got I'm up. Sorry, we got up early. I told you. Yeah. He got up early. He snuck out of his uh, giant Bed. two king uh, <laughs> California kings that have been shoved together. <laughs> <laughs> it took him like thirty seconds. To find <laughs> <that>. <laughs> um, I think it was a queen size. He's just such a skinny guy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he went to the desert. He saw those three. Oh yeah, ghost yeah. Fingers. Uh, yeah, and the book. And the book, and then he said he asked if he should be afraid, and then he went back and held that press conference. So, I mean, obviously, A to B. Makes I mean, sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That book, that book has some sort of real dark meaning because we see it in the very beginning of the film when it is seen in a storage locker. Yeah, area. that didn't. <laughs> I didn't understand that because he does go back to the storage unit at the end to rescue Leah, but there, oh, yeah. he's not. Huh. He's never inside at any point. No, no. True. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that's where he had some garbage bags. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know if uh, <laughs> why the something book there. was left unattended in the storage facility. <laughs> he needs a sequel where we find out more about the book. No. Well, didn't, didn't he remove one of the tassels too and give it oh, to? Oh, that's yeah. right. He does. He does give that tassel to her at the and end. Then, and right? then those three guys show up and they're like, "Oh, now we don't know what page we were on." <laughs> oh, he took out the bookmark. You could make a whole other movie just explaining the things that aren't explained. <laughs> you could make a nine-part companion book series <laughs> yeah. on this film. We need a fateful findings fire walk with me. That's what we yeah. need. Wow, that would, that would be, be something. Netflix. Mm-hmm. Or maybe a rogue one. <laughs> Just directly <laughs> leading up right to this. Till, I'd say right till when he uh, walks out and gets hit by that car. Oh my god. He's got the Death Star plans in his hands when he gets hit by that car. <laughs> Makes sense. 
So would you guys say this is a good movie or a great movie? <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think of movies that we've already covered that are as bad. And, and I have to say that I think that I don't ever want to watch this again unless, like, I'm in a big theater with a bunch of people laughing. But I'd still watch it over uh, No Such Thing. Because, yeah, I don't know if you know the movie No Such Thing. It's a Hal Hartley movie, um, and it's about... <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's about this young woman who whose fiancé disappears, and the reason why is because he went up to report on a story about this real-life monster, and it's it's kind of like this guy looks like Hellboy with the horns thing, except for not <laughs> nearly as good. Yeah. And it's it's just so stilted and terrible, and you can't tell if they're trying to be funny, but it's got just, it's got almost as many scenes where it's just like, we need to cut now. We need to. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to say that this movie is much more uplifting, even with all the, the six suicides at the end. Uh, this movie is definitely more uplifting than No Such Thing. I'll agree with you on that. Yeah. No Such Thing felt realer to me, even though the acting was bad. Right. It felt like the production value was higher, so it felt like you were there. Right. The acting was better than this movie and, and No Such Thing. Yeah, but in this movie, I I don't know. I think that, that I think that's probably about close to, in terms of story. Yeah, as as difficult to understand as this was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I f- I find I find Neil Breen stuff to be sort of uh, really interesting experiences overall because it is. I mean, as as demonstrated here, how hard it was to go through the entire plot. Like, there's so much happening that it's hard to kind of put it all together. But it's also like a movie that is terrible, but it's not going to leave you. You're not going to forget about it. <laughs> like, someone's going to say, oh, I saw this really terrible movie. And... In your mind, you're going to go, you've never seen Faithful Findings. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's like one of those things that will just stick with you and you'll constantly remember it. And like you'll find yourself remembering weird scenes from it like months from now. Yeah, definitely. I think the secret lies within the, the repetitive line usage. <laughs> yeah. That's really what solidifies your memory on things. Though. Yeah. Because he says his lines. like like uh, There's almost like there was one sentence where it was, it was totally an elliptical sentence <laughs> yeah. where it began one way. And then it ended the same way that he began the sentence. Like <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to. I there are wrote scenes like that. Yeah. I mean, they're just like yeah, scenes will. Like, yeah, yeah, scenes will start yeah. at a at a place, and then they'll go back to that place, and then those scenes will basically play out again, yeah. but with slightly different dialogue. Yeah, like he tells his wife that he is hacking into government secrets twice in the movie, and the second time she reacts. Like it's the first time she's heard it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so he's been yes. hiding it from her. So. <laughs> it's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So many laptops, too. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, laptops don't mean anything. You can (laughs) pound on them. You can throw them on the ground. They're like these plastic battleship cases that he just (laughs) slams shut. Throws open all over the place. (laughs) I will say that, like... um, because this movie is very similar sort of in story and tone to his first film, 
that film also contains a lot of laptops. Oh, yeah. I see. And and a car with a satellite dish on the back of it. Oh. So, oh, oh my man. Gosh. Do you think that the laptops are a status symbol? Probably. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's doing so. He's doing so much hacking. He cannot yeah. do it on one laptop. He has to have at least four at all times. Also, I don't know if you even realized it, but none of them are on at yeah, any point in the entire ask, film. Are any of these computers no. ever on? I mean, one of them has to be on. He's constantly hacking. I don't. <laughs> by pecking away at the keys. That's the way hitting, I hack. Hitting on. the same three keys over and over again. <laughs> so shift, I shift Q, shift Q, shift Q. I have to ask, like, uh, are are any of you like eager to watch any of his other movies? I am. I'm curious, definitely. I yes, mean, morbid cura- curiosity. <laughs> I was laughing at some of the stuff that happened in this movie. It was just so. Um, I was dumbfounded well, <laughs> more than once. It's. But. I mean, it's interesting though because you know he's obviously not a trained filmmaker. He readily admits that, mm-hmm. but it's all also. There are occasionally moments where it seems like he's never seen a movie before. Yeah. Like he's never watched any other film, and he just has like a weird idea <laughs> of what movies are supposed to look like, and so he just starts putting it together in the way that makes sense to him, right? And but to no one else, like he's the only person who who knows what it's <laughs> supposed to mean. The, the key to him. <laughs> The key to unlock the film is inside his brain. That's right. And we'll never have it until he dies and donates his brain to science and they plug it into a computer (laughs) and then upload it to the web. He's a mixture of Paul Schrader, uh, Werner Herzog, and Quentin Tarantino. You know, just these untrained masters of their craft. You know, they didn't. Now, Paul Schrader didn't grow up with a television. Like he didn't see TV until he moved to the city. And Werner Herzog had no film experience when he first made his first couple of films. Right? He made like Fitzcarraldo and all this stuff. And Quentin Tarantino just watched a crapload of movies. He didn't need a film school. This is what we need to take from this movie. <laughs> That anyone can make a movie? Uh, no, that <laughs> not everyone should make a movie. Aaron? All right, Tom. I know you wanted to make that Hellboy remake, but they're already doing it. That's right. They beat me to it, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, I, I um, <laughs> was noticing that the way this movie plays out doesn't really make as much linear sense as it should but um i mean i'm sure it makes sense to him like you were saying but it's like (laughs) joel strongly disagrees (laughs) it's like the idea when you're watching a movie you experience it differently from the idea of producing something and this was produced like the way like the way you're gonna make dinner or something it's like here's the tomatoes here's the lettuce here's the cheese and we want to bring out this course and we want to try to get it all ready at the same time but it's not it was you know what i mean it's like you could see the parts yeah of yeah. it and it, it's it feels like maybe he had an entire movie done and then somehow he had just edited the individual scenes and he was carrying them all. Yeah. And then they all fell and he yeah. grabbed yeah, them yeah, and put yeah. them back together yeah, in some totally, random order. Totally. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to put your finger on, but it's kind of like um 
Well, I think the thing that was weirdest for me was watching so much of the exposition happen between these characters that were having difficulty with each other, and then they would kind of stop and then pick up someplace else. But it's like, <laughs> that was the driving force, like yeah. the narrative of the movie. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't drop back in the voice narration more like he did in the beginning. Yeah, he only has know? that for just a second, and then yeah. that's it. Yeah, and he wouldn't have had to do so many awkward scenes of people trying to act off of each other if he wanted to just spell it out. But I guess, you know, yeah, there was he has of, his way of doing things. Maybe he intended <laughs> to do that. Maybe that's why there's so many scenes where it's just silence, you know. Well, I will say that the, as I was saying earlier, that this movie really closely resembles his first film. And his first film has a ton of voiceover narration. Okay. So it's... And it's mostly voiceover narration and stock footage. Uh, <laughs> so that's actually a good uh, solution for if you don't have much of a budget to work oh, with. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you do also see him naked in that film as well. Oh, I was wondering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about it. This weird frame. It's like <laughs> it's like he's a rectangle. I, I don't know how to describe it. Like. I don't have a good posture, but I don't think he has a good posture either. It's like... He's like a bird who became a human. Yeah. Oh, he's a Skeksis at standing up straight. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes when I look at his face, it reminds me of Leonard Nimoy for some reason. Aww. He's like a combination of like Leonard Nimoy and yeah. Gary Shanling. Yeah. And like David Duchovny, and they've all oh, been yeah. mashed together, I see and that then Duchovny, yeah. and then melted slightly. You need to yeah. stop complimenting this guy. It's gonna go straight <laughs> to his head. He's a real Robert Redford. If Robert Redford went through the toxic waste like he's definitely got a little bit of the Shatner in him, though. Again, his, his shirt like torn up, and yeah. Uh, oh man, he was an, he was not afraid to tear a couple of shirts. Yeah, no. yeah that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Don't worry, I've got a six pack of AIDS <laughs> for the budget. <laughs> 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 Tear it like we're passionate. Yeah. I, oh, that love scene was pretty great, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He threw love. all the files and all the laptops down. Yeah. There's a couple of things. But that was the that was the, the highlight. Yes. Yeah. Throwing papers around as if it's snowing. Yeah, that was that was magical. It did, it did seem like he was actually like the, the actor, like Neil was having fun for a second. There. Yeah, because you know, first he's like very impotently pushing things off the desk, like he doesn't really want to break them. <laughs> and then when he does the paper thing, like the actress laughs, and he kind of like laughs too, and it's like, oh, that was an actual emotional. And movie. I wonder if that was like sort of an impromptu thing. He just yeah. decided to do that, and. She had a genuine reaction, and then he did, too. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, he can laugh. It's a very serious movie, so you don't have to right. No, it's very serious, yeah. Mm -hmm. I hate to say it, but I was kind of reminded of some Lynchian stuff. Well, yeah. Yeah. For sure, And yeah. um, especially now with the new Twin Peaks. Yeah. I mean, this keeps coming up in the movies we're watching because we're. it's like... I can see a little bit. Yeah. You know, almost everything. And I, I don't think it's an accident. Yeah. I feel, I feel like with Lynch, you, you feel like he knows what he's doing and he's doing it weird on purpose. <laughs> and like in this situation, it, it felt like 
he knew what that that kind of David Lynchian thing looked like, but maybe not exactly the um, tone. Yeah, he he didn't have sort of an idea of what it was supposed to mean. Maybe he yeah. just wanted to do the scene that he thought would be interesting. Yeah, right. Or maybe he does have it again. I don't maybe know. we'll know when his brain is uploaded to the internet. Yeah. Right, perfect. Right, yeah, when perfect. we get the scientific fact. <laughs> <laughs> True facts. <laughs> uh, does pass through fit into our uh, particular demographic for the podcast? Oh, I mean, is it absolutely and our fantasy? Oh, yeah, I think all of his movies do. Okay, yeah, awesome. all of his movies have a oh, except for the Robot Jesus one. That's one. <laughs> yeah, not science fiction at all. No, um, but yeah, I, I think all of his movies have a, a bit of a, a sci-fi sort of bent to them. Um, or they go into kind of maybe mystical territory. So, so yeah, definitely. Fantastic. I would say pass through maybe even more so than this one. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, this one just had gentle sprinklings. <laughs> I, I think that the most, uh, uh, not science fiction, it's more fantasy uh, section of this movie is when um, Leah gets kidnapped. And he like he's like, oh no, I have had magical powers this whole time. Watch. And then, <laughs> well, but know. then he blindfolds her so she can't. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, she's not allowed to watch. <laughs> it's like the the invisible boy in mystery man. You know, if somebody's looking at me. Can't be. Invisible. Yeah, can't be invisible. <laughs> can't face through ob- solid objects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But why do his clothes fall off all the time? Joy. That's your next pick, right, mystery man? Oh man, That's great. maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. You love those superheroes like Hellboy. I do. I do. Let us pick our picks. No, I'm going to pick for you guys. <laughs> I don't trust you anymore. I'm going to pick... Uh, I can't remember that. Joel says I can pick Mystery Man, guys. You oh, can pick whatever you, you want. You can pick whatever you want. I know. I'm just... I'm just Wizards, come on. <laughs> I like that movie. Um. Yeah. Do you guys have anything else you want to say about... Faithful findings. <laughs> it's great. Go watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I actually say go experience this. Absolutely. I kind of want to watch it again just to just to relive the moments where I was like, what the I, I had this <clears throat> I had this idea when I was working on my, my master's thesis. I didn't have time to do it and I, I still should revisit it one day. But I would love to take Faithful Findings and chop it up and try to edit it into something that made sense like oh, that made linear yeah. sense because yeah. obviously there are scenes that happen later that feel like they should be happening sooner and yeah. see if there is a way to put that in some sort of order you might chop out and throw away a lot of stuff that didn't mean anything mm-hmm. yeah but it would be interesting to see if there's a way to put together something sort of Normal, I guess. Yeah, I, 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 the yeah. Wrong word, I wish I had all the money to give you to do that. <laughs> That's amazing. I also had the idea of taking all four of his films and cutting them into one epic Neil Breen <laughs> spectacular. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> maybe That's his intention. Wow. wow, maybe. Oh, he should like have like if all of his characters survive till the end of his movies, he should have uh, his last movie should be one where they all match. meet each other. Like oh, they, they form like the Justice the, League. There is a moment in there is a moment in Pass Through that references his first movie, oh. and for a moment, I was 
excited that we were going to get two Neil Breens on screen together. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler, that does not happen, oh, unfortunately. But yeah. it was there in my mind, and I was like, oh, I hope that we are somehow going to get both of them on screen at yeah. once. <laughs> we we kind of had that in this one when he, the like... Mirror. Yeah, exactly. He's looking in the mirror, and he doesn't disappear. I thought maybe in after I'd seen him pass through a door that maybe a wall that he could maybe pass through that wall, but he was on the other side yeah. of the glass. True. Yes. <laughs> Even though it would be non-reflective on that side. <laughs> hmm See you again in 25 years, Mr. Dylan. <laughs> Dylan. Aaron, do you want to say anything else about it? I'm good. I'm good. I think everything that everything I ever wanted and dreamed of has been spoken. <laughs> <laughs> it's a magical day, Joel. It's a magical day. Thank you so much for uh, yeah, bringing yeah. this movie to us. I need to it, Joel. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. It's it's a weird one, so you have to be. I, I think you have to be of the right mindset to enjoy something like this because it's it's. I think. It's crazy, but it also is kind of slow in certain parts. So I feel like if you're not, uh, if you're not into it, it can be hard to get through. But right, yeah. I don't feel like it's a solo movie. Like I don't feel like this is something to experience in a group. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, it would be hard to watch that by yourself. Yeah, <laughs> you have to have some <laughs> friends, I think, to uh, to get through that. Yeah. A support group. It has yeah. to. Yeah. And having a mirror in the room doesn't count. <laughs> it might start shaking. Yep. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> trying to escape from the dark room. We're figuring it out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the guy from the other side. Get that chalkboard ready, Joel. Mm-hmm. Let's get these ideas down. It's right on my noteboard there. I next to my to-do list. I will. <laughs> yep. To-do doggy sitting right. stuff. All right. And I did... Okay, when he goes into the trash bag place... <laughs> I, I I did wonder if he was going inside of the rock... Or I think that is what we're supposed to believe. Really, because they typically show the they show him holding that little black stone before they cut to the scene of them inside. So I I was under the impression, like you, that that's where he's going. Okay. It's some sort of weird vortex, magical or, place. Because yeah. I think we're supposed to assume that when the naked woman shows up later, whose face yeah. we can't see, that that is supposed to be Leah as well. Right, right. Whose powers are now allowing her to go there. As well, but right. Who's to say? Yeah, only Neil Breen. Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> all right. Gonna read the outro stuff. You guys think of a lesson that you learned from Fateful Findings? Not the room. Fateful Findings. You're already thinking about those other room lessons. Doesn't fit to our purview unless you want to do it for the special event that's coming up, which we're not going to talk about now. Don't. Listen to me, listener. Hey. You got a suggestion or a comment? Write into please don't podcast at gmail.com or message us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash PDSMIOS. If you are subscribed to us on any of your special podcatchers there, please leave us a written rating or a star rating. We'd really appreciate that. It increases our visibility. And then Aaron likes you. I think that's how it works. And Joel likes you too? No. Uh, check out our podcast network, eartrumpetaudio.com, for all of the great podcasts that are also on the network with us. Things like The Realist, Taxes and Tater Tots, 
Ladies Who Library, Kill by Kill. And if you got a few dollars you want to toss our way to help us with our maintenance costs and keeping Aaron in hair gel, please go to patreon.com slash ear trumpet. That's all I got. That's all I got, guys. I actually, I'm the one who needs the hair gel. Just, the money really just goes to the chicken fries from Burger King. <laughs> no, we're getting those chicken nachos from Taco oh, Bell. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Weird triangle shaped, triangle shaped chicken, chicken nuggets. Chunks. That's right. Mm. Mm. More Pepsi fire. All right, who has a lesson? Fateful findings. Written, directed, and starring Neil Breen. The savior that we need. <laughs> I think I learned a lot about relationships in this movie. <laughs> and uh, more importantly, if you're fighting with uh, your significant other and you try to escape to the garage to work on your car, be sure to wear a bulletproof vest. It's my learned <laughs> She shot him in the head, man. <laughs> I was like, you're right. It was like the back of the neck where you just kept oozing blood. Yeah, like, like right in the ear or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she was aiming for the car. She just has terrible aim. Yeah. Spend more time at the gun range. Maybe that's the real. <laughs> oh, that's a, yeah. oh. Yeah. Showed me to. Sorry to take it. Oh, it's I, fine. I apologize. I, 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 your wisdom is great, Sarah, Josh. Lessons. Um. Wow, there are so many. <laughs> um. <laughs> You gonna get that tattoo? Uh, this isn't already have it. Oh, it's like in the shape of a page on your butt. <laughs> <laughs> open notebook, <laughs> lifelike open notebook tattoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my lesson is: it doesn't matter what you look like if you're a guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. Not for everybody, but just for men. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much true. Yeah. Pretty sure Neil Green's probably used just for men at some point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, think. <laughs> uh, lessons. I mean, again, there are tons of things that you could pull from this movie. Um, it's pretty inspiring. I mean, his speech at the end, you know, oh, yeah. really inspired me. But I think, I think the thing that I'm taking away is that I need to find out what brand uh, those laptops were and invest heavily in them because they can withstand anything. They can That's withstand true. a nuclear blast the way he throws them around in this movie. So buy some stock in whatever that company is because they're going to be around for a long time. <laughs> I was just picturing him jumping into a pool of laptops like Scrooge McDuck. And also made me wonder if like this is how most writers treat their laptops too. Like, is this like just a secret view? Like, do writers just knock their laptops off? Their multiple. It, it's laptops? what the incredibly wealthy do. Oh, no, man. I'm just kidding. Actually, actually, there is one more lesson. Sure. Oh, what is the it? last lesson? Is no more books. No more <sighs> books. Yes. Yeah. There are more serious things to pursue. That's right. I've been I'm hacking. I'm working on something. It's. It's research. (laughs) That's all you need to know. And my lesson is that if you're going to go over to use somebody's pool and get naked, make sure to call first. It's just just polite. It's polite. Come on. I mean, I know that guy's really sexy next door, but, you know, 
<laughs> we'll see you next week, folks. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thanks, Josh. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. 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 Thanks. EarTrumpetAudio.com Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear. <laughs>